From SAPIO Foundry Tel Aviv, this is Energenius. Meet the founders of seven amazing startups who are working with SAP to come up with innovative solutions for the utilities industry's most pressing problems. Get to know the top global startups in the energy world, how they're shaping our sustainable future, and find out just what it takes to be an Energenius. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Energenius. I'm Stephanie Horwitz, and I'm the Value Creation Manager at SAPIO Foundry Tel Aviv. I'm joined by my colleague, Inbar Yakobi, who's the Program Manager on our team. Hi, everybody. In this series, we sit down with the founders of seven utility startups to ask our top-of-mind questions. We had a great talk with Chris Law, who's the CEO and co-founder of Future Grid. Coming to us from the land down under, Chris has over 15 years of experience in the energy market and happens to be a wine connoisseur. In this episode, Chris shares about the direct impact Future Grid makes on customer safety, as well as bigger picture impact on a sustainable future, talks about how Future Grid enriches SAP data to help utilities customers turn smart meter data into improved asset management and grid reliability, and discusses Future Grid's evolution from a small consulting business to a leading software company. Here's Chris. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on Energenius. We're happy to see you today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you for the invite. Much appreciated. Well, we're really happy to have you here. You're helping brighten our mornings uh, in Tel Aviv. We're excited to hear more about Future Grid, everything you're doing. So I think we should just dive in. So Chris, can you just tell us a bit about Future Grid? What is Future Grid and who uses your solution? Yeah, no worries. My favorite topic, Future Grid, which, so we're a software company that's based out here in, in sunny Australia. And our customers are, are electricity distributors, you know, for, who own the poles and wires, who supply the energy to our consumers. And our, you know, what our software does is help those uh, suppliers deliver safe and reliable electricity in a renewable energy world. Right? And we do that by taking smart meter data and we provide a feedback loop into the key operational systems of the utility to help them manage the integration challenges of things like rooftop solar or electric vehicles. We would love to hear a bit more about a customer story, maybe a customer you've worked with in the past, what was their challenge and how Future Grid Solution impacted their business? We've got plenty of great customers doing exciting things, but I think the most recent one, the most recent project we've just completed and hopefully about to do a bit of a media release um, soon is one over in the sunny state of Western Australia where all of China's iron ore comes from. Um, so their problem, their problem within their environment, yes, they've got renewables. Yes, they've got solar power. But in fact, their problem statement to us was really about, we've had some incidents on our network where customers have been shocked by some faults with the electricity in their homes. And in fact, some people were um, injured as a result of some of these electricity faults. And what's interesting is this is actually a common problem around the world. Um, you just don't hear about it. So they asked Future Grid and how can our software help them detect these faults before they happen that, you know, to really improve the reliability, particularly safety of these customers. And um, we went ahead with that challenge and, and, and over the, I think it was the first half of this year, um, deployed a solution or our solution that now helps them proactively detect these incidents of shock using the smart meter data, which automatically sends a work order through SAP, of course, to, um, to, the, to, the, to the guys in the field who will then go and fix that. So often before 
um, the customer's even aware this issue is going on. So they've gone from a reaction where customers call or some issue happens to this proactive scenario where they're delivering this great customer service. And, and ultimately it comes down to just better asset management, you know, going back to the product, um, which is actually being managed by, you know, by solutions like SAP. So we're really proud of that one because that has a really direct impact on customers, um, which is really, really Oh, it's a really, really privilege to be involved, but also I think it's a really great example of how software like ours can, you know, help the world. Yeah, it feels like Future Grid is really making an impact on a few different layers, directly customer facing, as you said, when it comes to the security of a human being. And then on the larger level of helping with this energy transition to create a more sustainable reality that we are moving toward. So clearly one of the biggest goals of Future Grid is to decarbonize the grid. For people who might not know too much about it, can you just share a bit more about the importance and scale of that mission? Why is this so important? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that is the mission and the example we used was a bit of a bit of an adjunct to what we do um, or a bit of a side benefit of our technology. Mm-hmm. But, but really the world is transitioning to renewable energy, you know, climate change, and activities here in Australia are no different, I guess, to, to many countries around the world. And particularly here in Australia, we're kind of on the forefront of that transition because, you know, we've got 30 to 40% of homes already have rooftop solar here in Australia, and that's growing at a massive rate every year. So they're predicting over the next, you know, two or three years that we'll have closer to 50% rooftop solar, which is kind of amazing. So that is the transition kind of in action. Now, what Future Good recognised is that um, and, and of course, we're support of those goals. But what we realized is that there's a lot of talk about the customer and the customer generating their own electricity and managing it with EVs and things like this. But there was little really acknowledgement or really understanding of the impact that was having on the ecosystem that is energy. And that and, and particularly relates to, to what we've seen is the poles and wires that then connect your home are impacted in you know, in, in, in adverse ways at this scale. And so what that means is that when we get to a certain level of renewable technology, it actually hampers that transition because it gets to a point where they can't install and manage as a utility anymore. And so what Future Grid's all about is, is unlocking that, unlocking that situation for the utility by using the data and helping them better manage their assets, you know, the poles and wires that help, you know, connect all of these things together and help them unlock that so they can install more renewable energy into the grid. And that's that's precisely our mission and how we do that. Now we're in the early stages of that and we already um, do um, you know, a number of exciting things for customers, but our kind of end state goal and end state vision for, for our product is, is, is really a more dynamic two-way operated grid that I think is kind of common, talked about a lot by other vendors, but about how our software then enables that for utility so that they can bring on and manage these new technologies, new ecosystem players in a, in a sustainable way so that we could all benefit from a decarbonized grid. So where does Future Grid come into play with SAP? Um, clearly, you're part of our utilities cohort at SAPIO Foundry Tel Aviv. Why did you wanna join this cohort? How are you gonna help SAP customers innovate? What's the story? Well, as we know, SAP is the best company going around in utilities. We all know that. So that's number one. The reality is SAP is in every utility or every one of our customers and every utility I've ever spoken to, which is quite a lot around the world. So you're kind of the 
you know, one of the, the, the staples of the utility sort of software ecosystem. And particularly what SAP does for our customers is help them with your software, particularly around asset management, ERP, these are your core products. You know, what we're doing is using a new kind of data to help enrich that so that utilities can better manage this, you know, renewable transition or safety and the, the examples we provided. So to us, the partnership with SAP is kind of a natural one. We've actually already been working with SAP, just not in a formal way through our customers, because the outputs of what we produce goes into SAP or integrates in some way. What we saw with this opportunity with SAPIO was how can we formalize that and make some of the work that we've been doing here down under available to you know, a more global customer base that, that you have. And we think that's really, really exciting. So that's why we're a part of it. And as we've been a part of it, the, the really exciting thing for us is that, you know, the team, um, you, you know, including yourselves and everybody's part of the program is, is quite amazing, quite supportive. I mean, super, super helpful with getting us up to speed on actually how, how, how can we better leverage the solutions together to create better outcomes for for customers. And so we're really confident that at the end of this program, we're going to have something that's really, um, really good for customers. I, I believe we're going to get some great traction. Um, and I think this, you know, this will be, you know, we'll look back on this period and say, well, how amazing was that? That's, that's, that's our expectation. Absolutely. We're really excited about working together and making this happen and making these positive changes happen together. And by the way, I love that you said down under. So you also have the cool accent. You're also running a big deal startup company that's making a difference in the world. On a more personal level, wondering more about you and your backstory, you worked for several years in different companies, different corporates, different positions, and ultimately you ended up starting your own company. You became the CEO of Future Grid. So what made you decide to do that? Was that always the plan? And what thoughts were going through your head when you were deciding to leave a comfortable job to be an mm. entrepreneur and start your own venture? I think naturally, I think this, yeah, worked in big corporates. Um, I've worked in utilities. I've worked in pay TV, you know, um, was actually my last position. And I really enjoyed that. Um, what I tended to gravitate towards was new projects, you know, new things that we could do. And you know, I became a bit of an expert, I guess, um, in what my old what my old boss used to say, breaking through the brick wall of the corporate, you know, um, environment. Which is, if you need a new thing done, they'd send me in to kind of bust a hole, make things happen. Um, might create a few waves on the way, you know. Um, and I and and but you know, get projects done. Usually, really large ones. I was really good at that. And what kind of became apparent to me is that's what I really enjoy. And so. Um, with, a, with a team of people, you know, a couple of guys that I'd worked previously, we actually worked for another software company in San Francisco together. Um, we sort of got together one day and decided, hey, you know, um, I'm kind of I'm doing all this work for other people. Yeah, we get paid pretty well. It's great. Um, but actually, I'm kind of bored. We kind of want to do it, up, do something on our, you know, ourselves and take control of our own future. Yes, big risk. We didn't really know what to expect. And in fact, what we started with and what we are now is actually somewhat different, you know, and we sort of transitioned along the way, but it's been a really exciting journey, you know, a lot of change, a lot of hassle, a lot of heartache, but, but ultimately a lot of really positive things. If I was giving any advice out there to anyone is utilities is quite hard. And, um, you know, I look at these fantastic apps like Instagram and, you know, all these kind of, and, and the way they grow, you know, wow, I just want to grow like that. It's very much different in the utilities enterprise environment, which 
SAP knows very, very well. Um, and actually part of the reason we think a partnership is good. That would be something I might look at differently if I was going to do it all over again. But ultimately now we're here. Yeah, I think we're going really well. And it's in an area of, the, I guess, the, the world right now that's in really strong focus, you know, energy, renewables, climate change. You know, this, you know, I have a lot of people talk to me about, wow, that's amazing. How'd you get into that? Um, it wasn't so exciting five or six years ago. No one really cared. Just work mm-hmm. for those utilities. But now everyone's like, wow, this is cool. And um, so we're kind of proud of that and excited that people want to come join our company and work for us. I mean, that's kind of an amazing thing when someone actually wants to work for you. Chris, if we were all sitting down five years from now over a glass of wine, mm. with a big smile on your face and you were very pleased and happy with Future Grid, what would that mean? SAP's bought Future Grid and that's great. And, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll buy the wine, no problem. So I'm happy for that. Um, <laughs> maybe some tequila too, um, no worries. Um, I think... Mm. I, th- I think in five years, but that's actually, I, I think, our vision for the future. The, the company like us is a sort of company that is, is built a very niche, but, uh, you know, um, important part of the ecosystem. But we align very nicely with companies like SAP in market. And we fully expect our, in five years, that our technology has been embedded in a much bigger company that helps us really make the impact globally that we think we want to achieve. As a small company growing, sure, we can, it's exciting, but really our path to market to get everyone benefiting from the kind of technology that we have is to, is to be able to be complementary to the right kind of, you know, global partners. And, you know, I'm kind of not being shy and coming forward. And that's part of the reason we're here. And of course, there's maybe other, other examples, but that's the best way we believe that that future good technology will benefit the world. So yeah, if we're sitting down five years drinking wine, which is a very likely scenario, um, <laughs> either way, but that's what I think we will um, we'd be talking about and thinking, what was that? Remember that technology called Facebook they used to use? You know, what was that? That will be gone by then. <laughs> It'll be like MySpace, the- like how we think about yeah. MySpace now. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, man, who uses that? No one uses that. <laughs> so um, I think that's what we'll be talking about. Chris, I'm. I'm curious about what was the initial concept of Future Grid when you founded Future Grid? Yeah, exactly. The, the actual, I don't think I've ever told this one before um, op- openly, but actually we started um, the company as a consulting company originally because we were doing work for utilities. We knew a lot about smart metering. We'd come from that kind of space. Um, and we were consulting to different utilities on a few different projects around smart metering generally. Um, and then, you know, soon into that experience, maybe a year or so in, our CTO um, highlighted with one of the clients that he was working with, you know, they're really struggling with this problem of taking this data and turning it into something useful to help manage some of these challenges, you know, the early stages of. And they've got Oracle and they've got SAP, they've got all these key systems. But what became evident to us is that although they've got these systems, there was a kind of a unique problem to be solved. And we went about solving that problem um, and that's kind of how it all started and then we got a bit of a chance with one customer who had a really you know big problem with managing some really large amount of data from smart meters we kind of solved that problem and then the customer turned around and said well how much how much to buy it and we were like well i don't we didn't even know we had a product at that point right so like, okay well someone wants it we came up with a price it was too low by the way it's my other advice to anyone starting a company when they ask you how much Make it a bigger number because that's going to that's going to um, come back to haunt you if it's too cheap. You know, five, ten years down the track. 
but at the time that was really exciting and then another customer wanted to buy it um etc so we've kind of evolved that um as the evolved our product as customers have kind of taught us what is useful but i think the biggest shift for us has actually been the industry the market has shifted on us where renewables is big this is happening um and customers are buying you know solar and electric vehicles all this stuff and the utilities are having to respond to that you know they don't have the control so that's where solutions like us come and help so that that market shift has actually been one of the catalysts for change and acceleration of our of our growth which i think is only going to get bigger and bigger as we you know continue on from through this transition that's amazing not many startups start their way when they have a client in the net and from the client's need then you grow and it's amazing yeah. Yeah, what's interesting about that is actually it, it sounds good, but it actually was a problem, um, which we didn't realize till later because it seems, well, obviously that's good to have a client, uh, absolutely. But what it meant was that we had one client's point of view, right, as opposed to a broad market point of view. So one client said, hey, this is great because it solved a problem for them. But actually what that customer wanted wasn't necessarily what other customers wanted. Um, What even confused us more is soon after another customer went and bought it. So very soon after, let's say not long after. So, well, two customers want it. Yeah, we're definitely solving the right problem. But interestingly, we had a big gap between those two customers and our third customer because, in fact, what those guys were doing was very different to pretty much everybody else. They were kind of really quite innovative and not everybody was innovative to them. So it took us a bit of time to kind of take that, take it to the next level about, okay, really, what is the product we're building? iterating that to the point now where we've really got that right and, and I mean increasingly we've been successful with that which is good you are what we would call an energenius Chris <laughs> <laughs> and we're wondering what what do you think what do you think it takes to be an energenius in this industry uh, well you've got to be a bit crazy number one um, you definitely have to be crazy I think all the The, the really exciting other founders of other energy-based companies that I've met along the way. Being in Australia is quite exciting because, well, down under, as we like to say. You know, they're all a bit crazy, you know, because to, to, in this market, it's, very, it's a very big market. It's very regulated. It's often very slow to move owned by governments or policy from governments. And that's pretty much, you know, around the world, give or take. So, so you've got to have a really strong... Um, I think vision for where the market's going and you've got to have a have a plan that's going to sustain you you know um, to when the market's ready and there's kind of a saying that I learned of someone I can't remember who told me now but you've well, actually if he's ever listening this guy John O'Brien who actually is now is a partner of Deloitte and he looks on energy markets here in Australia he told me this one time which is you need to be solvent when the market is ready to buy your solution you need to be solvent as a company when you The market's ready so there's many ideas that have come about uh, but have come but then the market wasn't ready they've, they've run out of cash they're gone then you know three years later the market is ready and someone else takes that idea and you know makes you know you know it goes really well and I think the trick in energy because the cycles so long for new companies like us is you just have to have an idea that's that you can sell now even if that's not your finals you know your end game to make money to sustain you you or get heaps of investment of course is another another option and then sustain yourself and the market will you know and, and sort of plan for the marketing 
ready for when the market is ready for your product and where it's at. And the classics, which is not future grid, but the classics I see are examples. So this is things like peer-to-peer trading, you know, that kind of trading kind of model. The market's not ready for that yet. There's a lot of pilots and people, it's exciting. And I think it's cool. But there's one of those things where the market's going to take a long time to really make that into a real, you know, something that can can work. It will come, I have no doubt. Mm. But it's a long process because of regulation, policy, et cetera. So, you know, what's, what are you going to do in the meantime to help um, you know, sustain your business? And I think we've done that really well just from necessity because we haven't taken any investment from anybody. We've been self-funded, you know, organically grown. As the market is coming to us, as our company is growing, we've got much greater control of our destiny. I think it's really interesting. I think it speaks a lot about your character as an entrepreneur and, the, and your team in general that you kind of chose to embark on this journey and it's kind of like the road less traveled. You were talking before about Instagram and other kind of startups that have massive growth in a very short amount of time. And it's kind of like, if you're signing up to go on this energy adventure, it's gonna take time. You need to be patient, resilient. The market's Mm. gonna take time to catch up to your vision and where you're at. It is slow, it is big and it's a very difficult market. You know, the other thing that's interesting is, yeah, Instagrams and all this, you know, kind of a certain type of business model that, you know, you invest money, you know, they have a certain way of growing that's, you know, people will always tell you, oh, you know, you got to, you got to, this is kind of the model you need to follow, but in energy, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily work that way because of all those challenges. You can't just throw, if someone gave me, you know, $50 million tomorrow, you know, which would be nice um, always. But, I, but would it necessarily translate into me getting, you know, massive amount of sales with utilities, you know, really quickly? Now, it's going to help, don't get me wrong, but, but actually the cycles with utilities and selling to them isn't necessarily related to how much money I've got. It's whether your, your product fits right. I mean, going through a contract can take you just one year. And, and it goes back to why SAP, because SAP, SAP understands this inherently. And it really resonates with my experience that enterprise sales is one thing really hard. But enterprise sales and utilities is a whole different beast that from a sales perspective is probably one of the hardest that I think we could have chosen. But, but a company like yours and this, it's, I mean, at minimum, I've learned stuff about how better to sell our product to these kinds of customers from, the, from what I consider to be the experts. We're really grateful that you're part of the program. We loved learning from you. We're excited to see all of the things we do together. So with that... Thank you, Chris, and we will see you down under one day after Corona. We're coming to visit. You're taking us to the best wineries outside of Melbourne. Thank you so much for joining us today on Genius. To learn more about how SAP is innovating with startups and bringing added value to our customers, go online to sap.io.